On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. You're digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2. Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host, LD, along with me for the ride, as always, is Will the Thrill. Hey, that's me. That I say greetings and salutations. Excellent. And welcoming him back into the studio, or as I like to call it, probably his office at work, it's TJ2, the deuce. It's pronounced Doyce. What are you drinking? Is it coffee? Dude, it's like 7.30. If it's coffee, Why? Uh, Travis? Uh, just tea tonight. Our coffee maker at work is, uh, I don't know, pooping in our coffee or something. I don't like it. Ooh, it sounds like yeah. an FDA issue. You probably need to clean it. I'm assuming it's nobody like, cleans it. Is that like a thing? Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. You, you huh. have to do that. Huh. Learn yes. something new every day. Huh. Okay. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, anything new in the world? I don't I sure think is. so. There are births every day. Okay. All right. Well, I guess in that case, I'll just go ahead and say, hey, guys, I got a new job. Yes, I'm now working on casting for 25 words or less. So here's my pitch. If you happen to live in the Atlanta area or somewhere close by, please feel free to shoot me an email to our rock and roll heaven LT at gmail.com. 25 Words or Less is with Meredith Vieira as the host. It's one of the daytime shows. You can win a ton of money on this show. So if you're interested, shoot me an email. I'll get you hooked up with all the details. It's a lot of fun. And you get to do the show with a celebrity. So there you go. I just started, so I don't have any of my material yet. But it seems like a really fun show to do. So I'm very excited. So yay. Thank you for all your support. (laughs) I hate both of you right now. Our socials are, yeah. <laughs> That's the whole reason we're here, right? Yeah, pretty much. Plug the show. So the list for the Oscar nominations just came out. And okay. so there are one, two, three, four, five songs up. And if you guys know, we talked about I'm Just Ken winning the People's Choice Awards. So it's actually up for an Oscar. So is The Fire Inside from Flaming Hot. It never went away from American Symphony, which is like one of the the movies that we have not watched this season. Mm, You missed that one, yeah. A song for my people from the Killers of the Flower Moon and What Was I Made For from Barbie. So I'm going to go ahead and go precog on this. As much as I would love Was I Made For, which is Billie Eilish, to win, I'm pretty sure I'm just Ken is going to win. Which is fine because it has Slash. It is. I've never heard um, any of the songs or seen any of the movies. So limited in what I can add to the conversation here. If only you had a way <laughs> to listen to music or... I do think Billie Eilish would be interesting because she does have the Bond theme, which is a really good one. And for her to win for something like this would be would be pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah, and What Was I Made For is an amazing song. It's gorgeous. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm just Ken is like the killer this year. So I'm just going to go precog. I'm going to go precog and, and say they will learn Greta Gerwig and... The team at Barbie, which included producer Margot Robbie, who did get snubbed for Best Actress Award, 
which I'm shocked at. But you know what? Um, I guess I guess she's still a producer, so if Barbie wins anything, she technically wins. She's just so talented. She'll have another role that'll yeah. It'll be like an IOU, you know. Yeah, it'll be her revenant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. She'll get wrestled by a bear, and they'll be like Margot Robbie. But I'm just Ken. Literally, is like an 11 minute chunk (laughs) of the film, and. Yeah, Will was not kidding. It had Slash and Wolfgang Van Halen playing on the track. So it does have street cred. So there you go. All right. um, When do the the Flemmy nominations come out? The nominations for the Flemmies. (sighs) Best use of phlegm. Okay. All right, guys. Standing achievement in hawking. So, guys, I think this is a perfect time for us to take our first sponsor break, and we will come back. And my big brother, who is not at all overly caffeinated or working hard, will tell us what we're doing. So we will be right back. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order 
plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. All right. Yahoo. All right. So, T, giving you the reins. Tell us what we're doing, dude. What we're doing is... I like slap nuts and I cannot lie. Hey, hey. It's an episode where no one dies. You'll get strong. You'll get it one day. We're taking a brief respite from our series on Graham Parsons to uh, do one of our monthly Slap Nuts episodes. This is where we just go off topic, talk about some music topics, some um, you know, TV stuff, weird list, rankings, debates. And so our three categories today are our top 10 favorite instrumentals of all time. We will have our top five debut albums of all time. And then we have a topic submitted by LD for reasons I don't know or understand, where we're going to have to make a confession of some kind. And she, she, all I know is she said that she has something to confess to me. So this may be our last show and we may not speak anymore. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure like how this is going to go. I guess we'll see. I'm will tell. Uh, yeah. So shall we do confessions first? First, okay. Get stuff done. Yeah. All right. So, Will Thrill, why don't you uh, take the lead? Jeez, you know, I was considering regaling the tale of why there is a Dragon Warrior One manual in my backpack upstairs, but that will have to wait for another time. Sorry, Colin. I had to go with a music one, and I have never seen Bruce Springsteen in concert. Oh my god! I know. I know. You, a native son of New Jersey? I, I know. Your like, Jersey really card is pulled. This it's is done. like the episode that nobody hears because I might not be able to go back to the state. I had two chances. One was by blaming on my parents because they didn't let me go. He was playing at MSG. I mean, it was like in high school, whatever. But I did have a chance in college to go back, and I probably had a dumb reason why I didn't go. Wound up really hungover the next day, but I have not seen him in concert. And that is something I really hope I can change before it's too late. I'm going to say that is shocking to me because right. while we've never explicitly talked about it, I just always assumed like when you me turn too. 16, you just go see a Bruce Springsteen show because you're in, you're in New Jersey. That was on my parents. So let them take that one. I didn't, I didn't think they let you graduate, graduate high school in Jersey if you hadn't seen a Springsteen concert. Joan my Hickey is a state. Maybe a lie from like my teenage years on. I don't know. But yeah, um, that one hurts. You just skated by on this information. I don't know who you are anymore. That's fair. You're from Wyoming. I, I just I feel like well you're be. from Wyoming or another pretend state that doesn't really exist. 
Right. Main. I saw a yak Main. fart on a banjo. That makes me. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, I don't know is, how we're going to. This is pretty shocking. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Uh, yeah. I don't really know what to think about this. So Will has never seen Bruce Springsteen. In concert, correct? Yeah. Wow. But you've seen Billy Joel eight times. Oh, yeah. I've seen Billy Joel. It's mattering at times. But. Huh. Yeah. Um, I, oh, wait. The phone's ringing. It's the state of New Jersey. They said never come back. They would throw in much more expletives if that was actually the state of New Jersey. So I know they, you're lying about that. They one. did, but it's a family friendly show. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. All right, Travis. Uh, yeah. This yeah, is like you... finding out that like Gaffietti is a vegan or something. <laughs> Will, <laughs> Will's never been to say Springsteen, really? Yeah, it's 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 appalling. Wow. I mean, do you even own any albums? I mean, now I just wonder if, if Oh if yeah, no, I own albums. Yeah. Absolutely. Or is your name actually Will? Yeah, exactly. This whole time, it's been a lie. His name my, is Gustavo. My favorite band is the B-52s. His name is Andrew. <laughs> no, it's His not. Is... You hate Rock Lobster. <laughs> I do hate Rock Lobster. That song sucks. <laughs> All right, Travis. That's Travis, enough about me. Travis, it's your turn. You got to do it. Okay, like Will, I could you know try to explain to you why there's something in the backseat of my car called the Big Green Bag of Wonder that contains uh, David Hasselhoff's autobiography. And, uh, <laughs> Can um, we vote on which confession? Because I want to hear that one. And nope. you know, twenty now I want to hear books and uh, a, a CD that contains classical music interpretations of TV theme songs, and there's all kind of weird stuff in the Big Green Bag of Wonder. Um, I didn't exactly. We didn't really have any parameters or guidance on this. So I'm like, well, there's some things where the statute of limitations hasn't worn out. There's some things that. Wait, 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 wait. Call, call me after the show. We need to okay. talk. There's there's stuff that involves other people that maybe you don't feel like be comfortable telling it because you might out them as having done stuff or. But then then also it's like, well, ideally there's something there's some deep dark secret we're going to reveal, and I don't really have any. And I'm not, I was never like a bad kid or anything. You know what I mean? Like did weird stuff. I was just, I was a smart aleck, but I didn't like get in trouble or anything. So I, I feel like any confession I make is going to be boring. So this is what I came up with. Um, we discussed previously that both Will and I, when we were younger, would get a few drinks in us and we would log on message boards. I believe he was Dr. Garbanzo. Was that your name? Dr. Garbanzo was my alter ego. Yes. Okay. Well, I was Lil Deacon and Smarmy J.A., I was banned from the CMT message boards. I got kicked off of message boards of several bands when message boards were still popular before social media kind of killed them off and stuff. But so here's what I came up with. Back in the day, and this, this goes somewhere, I was really enamored with the idea of prank calls. <laughs> and so we used to randomly prank call people, me and my cousins and then me and my friends. I prank called the operator like five times a day. For a month and didn't realize we were being charged every time that I did that. They're just laughing. <laughs> and then my grandma got outlandish phone bill and lost her mind. So then I graduated to not just prank calling random people because people started to get caller ID and stuff or the old star six, nine, and it was too easy to track you down. So what I started doing was even though I worked in radio, I began prank calling talk shows like radio talk shows, like lots of them. Oh yeah. Um, I, I there was I remember because you had me call several of them. <laughs> I had you do my dirty work. You did you my were bidding. Accessory LD. There was one regional sports talk show that me and a couple other people prank called so unrelentingly they had to install a seven second delay. <laughs> God door, I did it so many times and I could only alter my voice so many different ways 
that I couldn't do it anymore. So I had to like essentially write scripts for people and would have them do it. So I had this girl who I worked with call the sports talk show and say, yes, I have a comment I wanted to make about the Braves. I think if they went out and got one more big bat before the trade deadline, they would be unstoppable. And really like to see Howard Stern's penis in the lineup because he can really spank it. If I remember correctly, you you recorded that. Yes. And it, it snuck under the radar for a second. Yes. But she managed to get the whole thing in before he... <laughs> yes. She managed to, to get the entire thing I wrote in before they realized it and cut her off and lost their mind. I called one time and pretended to be like, this is terrible, but either like I had a giant chalk tobacco in my mouth or I was a hair lip or something. I thought like this, and I just wanted to see how long I could talk like this before they would cut me off. And and how long I could talk like that before they cut me off was about a minute and a half. <laughs> Longer than I expected. And then another time I called and I did a, like talked like I was an old man and I intentionally said that, I enjoyed how much I love their sports talk show. And I told them I prescribed to all the sports magazines and I was lactose intolerant and my stools didn't move correctly. But, you know, one of the, the so the only constant in my day was listening to them and just waiting on the poop to go. Ah! We had one, one guy just went off script who, who I'd kind of written something for and he just screamed at the host. Uh, I heard you like to cornhole cow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then the, the I actually Frank called the great Skip Carey on his oh pregame show before Braves broadcasts. He got so mad at me one time. I think I made him cuss on air. Nice. Um, we called the rain <laughs> delay show. Me and cousin Dave HDJ called the Braves rain delay show one time, and he was asking about there had been an issue with where they were trying to crack down on guys wearing jewelry, like pitchers especially, because the glare could be distracting to the batters or whatever. And he said, uh, so does that mean they couldn't, a pitcher can't do anything distracting? Like, can they have dyed hair or can they scream, I've got an orangutan in my pants. <laughs> um, <sighs> but so the way I sew this all up though, oh, oh, the best one ever, there was a very popular political talk show on the, the big talk station in this area, big 50,000 watt, you know, blowtorch clear channel station. They did some funny stuff, too, and they, they did a bit where there was a guy who would, and I don't remember where it happened, but his wife attacked him in his sleep, and essentially she took, like, it sounded like a box cutter or something, and she cut his ass off. Oh, my God, what? Like, she, she cut off his butt. Huh. So okay. they were like, okay, so if CNN was covering this story, what would the little punchline, the little slug line at the bottom be, right? Because they always have that about a three-word description to, to to describe a situation or what's going on and uh, that they're covering live. And so I had cousin Dave call and say, uh, "Yeah, the um, the uh, thing with the, the the guy who got his butt cut off or whatever. I think um, the the what they could put at the bottom of the screen would be, man ain't got no ass." And then they, they said, oh, they were like, okay. And then he just screamed, or at least he didn't cut off his penis. Oh wow. And <laughs> so I tell you all that to tell you that one of the people I used to unmercifully prank call, I'm now friends with, and I've never told him. I'm sorry. I've what? been like, a, I've been, there's, there's one of the people I used to prank call the most often I'm now friends with, and I've never told him that I used to do that. Huh. I mean, I mean, unless he's listening now. 
In which case, yeah, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> I've been like a legitimate guest on his show <laughs> to talk about high school sports and mm. stuff like that. And yeah. Oh, one last one. My favorite one ever. They, every like little small Southern station used to do a show called Swap and Shop where they would just open the phone. Some people would call and say, I have a trailer I'd like to rent or, uh, you know, I'm, I have a three-legged ninny goat with a nervous condition. I'd like to trade him for a Buick or what, whatever. It's people who had such stuff to sell. And so I called one time and did the worst old lady voice you've ever heard. And I was like, yeah, sure. I was looking, hoping that, you know, I'm old and I don't, I, I can't really get around good in the morning. I got yard work needs doing. And I was hoping that, you know, one of your listeners maybe could, you know, just mow my grass and trim my shrubbery and flog my hindquarters with a hot waffle iron. <laughs> wow. Okay. And the, poor, and the poor old guy who was like 80 years old who was hosting the show was like, what? Okay. We're going to move on to the next caller now. <laughs> and I've got all these on the tape somewhere. Actually, somebody burned them onto a CD for me. So that's not much of a confession, but that's that's the best I can do. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. And yes, Travis, this is directed straight toward you. Okay. I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. All right. It has been eating me away. Will already knows about this. So he, he is guilty by association. He is. How nervous are you right now? I don't even, yeah, I, I vary. Okay. Your wife's name is Barbara. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Four years, I have been lying to you about something okay for years it has weighed on me probably about 38 years oh my god i have been lying to you consistently about this for quite some time okay i've never seen the movie tremors what i've never seen the movie tremors i lied to you when i was like eight okay hey how have you never seen tremors (laughs) It, it is weird, isn't it? Come on. Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre have that like freaking <laughs> armory in their in their basement and they, they kill the big nasty crawly thing. Went, Broken the wrong damn rec room, <laughs> you son of a <laughs> You've never seen okay, A, you've never seen it. And B, you you what a, what why would you lie? <laughs> <laughs> that is the puzzling part. Okay. Do you remember do you remember I, when Norm McDonald talked about he did the bit about lying and he said he said you ever just lie and then you're not sure why? Like people will be like, "Have you seen the new Star Wars movie?" And you know, I go, "Yes." And, no. and then I think, uh, I, "I stand to gain nothing from this lie." Why? why no, did that's I when I tell when I talk to Will about this. That actually comes up. Okay, mm-hmm. that skit comes up. Okay, it's actually kind of a sad reason. Okay. So my father, my real dad, was supposed to take me to go see it one weekend and then he called and canceled but you were staying with your dad and so you were really excited that i was going to get to see tremors like you were super excited that i was going to get to see this and uh you went away for the weekend and then my dad canceled and i just you were so excited for me that I didn't want to tell you I didn't get to see it. Oh. And so I just kept up with this lie for so long. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's such an easily correctable lie because you, you watch so many movies. That's like all you do. I know. I know. But I, I had to get that off my chest. It's been okay. eating away from me since, what, 1987? 88, somewhere in there, yeah. 
It's a fun movie. You should see no, it. I was it 10. Fun. I was 10. It was 1990. I just looked it up. Okay. So since I was 10, I've been lying to you for 34 years. About tremors. <laughs> About tremors. I'm not so seeing th- tremors. I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. Not seeing tremors. But it's a great, I mean, Reba's in it. I know, but I, I, but I felt like there was a certain Michael Gross. point where I like, didn't need to watch it anymore because you saw it. Like, but you would never... You would never brought it back up again, but then you'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know that movie Tremors," and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, of course," because I totally saw uh, that. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah, I did. About you remember? Uh, yeah, but now I can I can tell you that I've never seen it. Okay, I'm... well, you're you're unburdened. <sighs> <sighs> Are you mad at me? <laughs> no, no, just um, just miffed. Okay. This is something, something. I, I, I don't know what I am. I'm more, I'm more bothered that you just haven't seen it. I mean, that's fair. I will watch it. It, it makes, us, I will it makes watch it. a movie. I don't, I don't care if you lied about seeing the movie. But you should, you, you should have seen Tremors. It's a fun movie. You'd like it. I will see it. I will watch it. I will watch it. Okay. I will watch it. I okay. promise. All's forgiven. It's all, all right. good. Okay. So that was our confession. I don't know who was the most salacious. I'm going to have to say the most salacious is Will Never Sing Springsteen. I think I like how that's salacious. You should yeah. not you should not walk away unscathed. We no. should have done this at the end because now nothing I say is going to be like taken seriously by our audience. I mean, it's written off. It's probably disavowed. Fair. All right, so what's our what's our next uh thing? What are we doing? What's happening? Is it Would top you like 10? to do instrumentals? Let's do instrumentals. <clears throat> All right. Instrumentals where the wind comes. All right. TJ, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, I did like way too many, so I'm going to have to count 10. Hang on. One, two, three. Wait, where are we doing top five? No, top 10. It was 10, oh, 10 for instrumentals, five for debut albums. Mm, okay. It's okay. Well, I'm sure that uh, how many extra do I have? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So we're uh, fine. Yeah. You just do your five. We'll do I our five. Yeah, I've got like fifteen. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you can actually let Will go first in that case because yeah, maybe, right. maybe I don't think he'll get his five off. Yeah. All right. Because I think I'd, we may have some intersections here. So we also might have like a bull that are overlay. So hey. yeah. You go for it, Will. Real we, quick, I yeah. specifically excluded for this exercise because we have discussed these people at length in the past and because we've played some of the, their songs before. I picked no John Williams, I picked no Eddie Van Halen, and I picked no Led Zeppelin. Wow. We were because, absolutely because positive frankly, you were going to pick. We, we, we were absolutely positive you were going to pick Eruption. For, Eruption yeah. would have been number one, and Tora Tora would have been in there, and so with 316 in Spanish, well, I might have been number two. <laughs> So, a a you everybody knows I love Eddie Van Halen, and those would have been high on my list. But also, we did a series on him. We played all of those songs. So I just thought, yeah, just explore a little new territory. So fair. And no John Williams and no Led Zeppelin because we did a John Bonham episode and played one of their most famous instrumentals. All right, fair enough. I did. I I do have John Williams on here, but it's my two favorite films of all time. So okay, yeah, you know, suck it. Okay. All right, we'll knock it out, man. All right, cool. So um, I actually do have 10. It's going to be a bit of a mishmash here, but yeah, we'll run it down. You have some conventional ones in here and some highly unconventional. So I figured I'd open up with, I'll go with some of the conventional stuff. I had this as an honorable mention, but since we're doing 10, I think LD, you're going to allow this one. I am starting with the classic by Sir Dr. Brian May, The Planets. Okay, that's fair. 
Okay. Fine. Don't actually know if it's on one of his albums, but we saw it live at the Hollywood Bowl and it was just, it was a surreal experience. It really was. It was amazing. It yeah. was amazing. I'm sure there's some depth to a song called Planets written and performed by an astrophysicist. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the he sounds is. he makes is just, it's unbelievable. And I mean, again, I'm not sure there's a recording of it aside from live, you know, uh, depictions, but it was just one of those things that I will always remember. I remember us being at the bowl watching that one, and that one sticks out in my mind. I didn't All go right. to the bathroom. No, you, you were absolutely a captive audience. Going with some guitar gods here. I know we mentioned in our last series. I don't know if anyone's heard Freeway Jam by Jeff Beck. But, yes. oh man, that's Terrific. a good one. That's, I've forgotten about that one. But that's, that's yeah, one. Freeway Jam, Jeff Beck. I think it was from the, I can't remember what album it's on, but it's, I want to say it was like during his mid-70s because it was, I think, before he ditched the guitar pick. So he's playing with a pick, but still it's Jeff Beck. So, I mean, um, just undeniable classic. If those of you who haven't heard it, you do look it up. I cannot figure out which album it's on, but uh, definitely one for one of the ages there. I'll stick with another guitar god. I had to pick one from this person. There's a more popular pick, but when I think of Joe Satriani, my favorite is Surfing with the Alien. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Satch Boogie is great. Uh, Friendship is awesome. He's got some really good ones on that Blue album. But Surfing with the Alien is just, what a great opening to that album. It's just incredible. And of course, Satch is touring with Sammy Hagar and The Circle doing that Van Halen-centric tour this year yeah that's right i I remember that one yeah um i think i'll throw in some staples here i I don't know if ld i may be picking this one off from you because it is from one of your favorite films of all time from one of your favorite directors of all time brought this one back from the 60s i'm going with dick dale's miserloo that's fine uh i I only omitted that because i thought ld would pick it and i have extra i do have extra it was to be fair on my scratch list but we're doing 10 so (laughs) Um, also, Sorry. think about think about what song you want to introduce and share with the audience, because oh yeah, you and T are taking the lead on this one. I figured I'd do Mountain Jam by Allman Brothers. No, uh, <laughs> this episode is now five hours let's, long. Let's only do the twenty nine minute version. Uh, yeah, I will spare. That's <laughs> good taste will prevail. But I do have an Allman Brothers one on here. I'm not going to share it because of its length. But when I think of Allman Brothers instrumentals, there's probably three main ones. There's Mountain Jam, In Memory of Elizabeth Reed, but the one that always just is. Happy and upbeat. I'm going to go with Jessica. That, that was actually on my list. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's, that's, I, I completely agree with you. Fantastic it's a good song. song. Good song. It's and just, it's in um, yeah. Field of Dreams? Yes, it is on the yes. soundtrack. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Cool, cool. Huh. All right. Well, that's, um, what, that's probably my favorite Almond's instrumental. Yeah, it, it's definitely, it's, I, I would say, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, it's almost impossible to, to, to frown when that song's playing. It's just so upbeat and just it's so terrific. In every way. It really is. And just like the little licks Dwayne's throwing in there, you know, the little like trills and whatnot. Oh, it just, just makes you happy. It's just a happy song. Next one is a very, I think, transportive one. It's been used in film and television all over the place, but the sounds of the guitar and kind of the, the lazy sort of theme it creates is just unmistakable. And that's Sleepwalk from 1959, Santo and Johnny. Good. Okay. Absolute classic. Um, then I'm going to go with the ones that I'm pretty, I will bet dollars to donuts here that none of the rest on my list. <laughs> Are ones you guys have. In fact, I doubt any of you would have picked the crash test dummies, would you? Oh, no, I would not, considering that they nope. are one of the greatest one-hit wonders of the 1990s, but no. Well, to be fair, that album is a good album, the God Shuffled His Feet album. And yes, got all the attention, but it's actually a well-rounded disc. There was a hidden track. I'm, I'm sorry, what's the song called? Oh, which one? The one you just talked about, the, you know, the popular mm. one. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's how it's written. I've only seen it written. No. 
How's weird out there? But um, <laughs> there was for those of you who remember the hidden track days. Remember those? Yes. Yes. There was a hidden track on that, and it was actually a partial composition by the the frontman of the band, Brad Roberts. And it's a simple piano piece. It's actually untitled, and it is declared unfinished. And I think the whole thing's about a minute and 12 seconds long, but it is just haunting and beautiful. And it really captures, like, the fact that it's not finished makes it even better. So now that we are out of the hidden track era, you can just go to your, you know, provider of choice. I believe we discussed that. Didn't we do a slap nuts on hidden tracks? Yes, we did. I think so. Yeah, Yeah. I think we did. I think we discussed it then. Yes. Yeah, we might have. But if you haven't listened to it, it is a really good one. It just sticks with you. It's very very morose kind of again solo piano there's no vocals there's no other instruments at all and there's just something something that sticks with you about it so check it out okay Uh, next pick i'm going back to the guitar gods this is one guy that we don't mention often enough we named some real heavy hitters in the guitar world there are good guitar players there are great guitar players and then there's like other worldly guitar players like they do something completely different that's carlos santana oh for sure he's somewhere else he is i mean if you took any one genre he's successful in he would be a worldwide phenomenon with just that i mean say just his jazz just his latin music just his pop music just his rock he would be a worldwide phenomenon but he does all of them guitar gods he's unbelievable yeah absolutely and the solo that he did that really kicked off my interest in him and I really started diving in his discography was actually from 1972's Caravan Serial. It is, if I'm not mistaken, an entirely instrumental album. But the one I picked from that one is Song of the Wind. Okay. It is okay. a great depiction of two styles he does well because he kind of does that languid sort of, you know, day at the beach kind of sound with his guitar. And then he's got like the more frenetic sound. And he does both in the course of one song and is just a masterpiece through and through. I don't think there's anything that he can't do. No, he's he's unbelievable. So Song of the Wind, check that one out too. Uh, my last two, we're going to finish up. We're going to the electronic realm. Is that what, is that okay, LD? Are we considering electronic instrumental? That's totally fine. I have I have one on my list. Got it. I like that one that goes, what is it? Um, the, I'm sorry, that's, a, that's every electronic instrumental. Well, I'm I think sorry. Wow. this yeah. one will pleasantly surprise you. The artist is named Reichard. He actually comes from the UK. And he released an entire album called Arrive the Radio Beacon. It was in 2010, I believe. And it's very nautical in its theme. And I was actually listening to this LD a lot when we were on the cruise to Alaska. Yeah. And it was one time I went out and it was in my earbuds. And I was kind of coming out of the dark part of the ship. And we came up and there were the glaciers and the ice was blue because it had never seen daylight. And it was unbelievable. And this song was playing. And I could just picture, you know, a cold ocean and a ship kind of making its way through the ice. That song is called North Cormorant Obscurity. Yeah, it's a weird one. And in researching it, I realized North Cormorant is actually a offshore drilling station about a hundred some odd miles north in the North Sea off the coast of the UK and it's out in a place where the water exceeds 500 feet in depth. And again, you don't know what's down there. But let I, me just tell you, yeah. somehow, some way, I wound up on the North Sea TikTok, and oh, it's really? terrifying. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, isn't there it? are no, there are no videos that are just like, look how calm this is. It's just no. like that used to be a boat. So yeah, so I can only imagine that the song is might be possibly choppy and terrifying just like the north sea it's not even that it's just got this feel of like again an 
boat kind of in this icy water and you're not sure how it's going to play out. It's it's very dramatic in its depiction. So I'm going with that one. Topping off my top 10 of instrumentals of all time, I had to give a nod to the Metal Greats Metallica LD. We were talking about them just the other night and every album they have releases at least one instrumental. So it was hard to pick which one sticks out in my mind, but if I had to, gun to my head, I go back to the one that I still listen to and still I find incredibly eerie from 1984's Ride the Lightning that is Call of Cthulhu. Hey, stop slapping them there nuts. We got to stop and take a commercial break. And we're back. Okay. Interesting. Fantastic now, instrumental. Now, is that I might, might have chosen, if I were going the Metallica route, probably Anesthesia, but that's hard to one. go wrong. Hard to go wrong, but hard to go wrong with, with any of them. Yeah. All right, Absolutely. so that's that's your choice. That's your song choice? No, because that one's really long. The choice I'm going with is Rykard, that's the artist, from the 2010 album Arrive the Radio Beacon. Here is North Cormorant Obscurity. All right, here we go.
And we're back. All right. Lovely. Yeah. Again, listen to that at night overlooking a cold ocean and you'll suddenly feel a lot colder. So that's my song. <laughs> Excellent. All right. I get I guess I'll go next because okay. we might have some overlap tea. So Okay. I wouldn't think um, we'd have many, but we'll see. We might have like one or two. Okay. One of my favorites is, and a lot of these are from film because that's where I know stuff from. And that's probably why Travis is so upset at me about Tremors. And uh, <laughs> the theme from Tremors is not on here. But the Rhapsody on a Theme of Paganini by Chet Swarovski is hands down one of my favorites and you guys know the song it's the theme from the 1980 film somewhere in time starring christopher reeve and it's also used oh it's also using groundhog day sure so is. It's, it's the piano song that he plays mm -hmm. in the movie groundhog day Correct. so uh i chose booker t and the mgs with green onions because okay oh, yeah okay there's our intersection yeah like, yep, yep. He, one of the best it's just so funky and you got that like guitar lick that comes in that it's just... Which I believe is Steve Cropper, probably. Uh, I think Cropper? so. I think it is. I think it's Cropper. Yeah. Uh, let us know if we're wrong. Then the next, of course, I walked down the aisle to this, so it had to be on here, <laughs> which is John Williams' the theme from Jurassic Park. Oh, I thought you were picking the other one. Uh, hold. Oh, okay. My next one is the Beach Boys with Pet Sounds. It's it honestly sounds kind of like a James Bond theme, but then it goes to a more beachy kind of song, and I love it. It's just, it's what's going on in Brian Wilson's head. Whatever goes, yes, I've seen Love and Mercy. I know he has audio schizophrenia, but he is such a talented songwriter and creator, and it's just one of the best. I'm sorry, honey, I know that I literally came to you last night and screamed, it's mine, bitch. Get away from it. It's fine. So there's no reason why this would have been on your list. But I chose The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings, Concerning Hobbits by Howard Shore. Well, that's fair. I did rule out film and television for my personal list. But if you're going to pick something, it's a solid choice. Excellent. Thank you. Also, what's your ringtone? So if you, <laughs> For you, it's that. <laughs> if you call me, if you call me, you get Concerning Hobbits. So. I did go a little bit techno with this one, but it's less techno and more hot, smoky, and sexy, which is the exact character that this song is named after. And I went with the Dust Brothers from the movie Fight Club, the song Marla. Oh, good one. Yeah. Really here's, good one. Here's the one that you probably thought I'd be going with, and that's John Williams, the theme from Schindler's List. No, I was thinking of something else, but that is a good one, too. Okay, at the end of the list, I will have to ask you what you thought I was going to go with. But yeah. no, it's a it's a fantastic theme. It's heartbreaking. The reason why I love Schindler's List so much is the direction is flawless. The writing is incredible. I don't think, other than Titanic, I cried straight through a film. It's just, it is landmark in filmmaking. And every member of that team, from the lighting to the, the cast, the crew, uh, the director... Every every person on that team is incredible because they created a masterpiece. It is heartbreaking. So, and that's the theme. And it's simple, but it's so beautiful. I went with Apache by the Shadows. And I did it really this yeah. because if you guys know the song Apache from, you know, the hip-hop song Apache? Uh, like right. Apache, yeah, I mean, Apache, jump on it, jump yes, on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
this is the original version of that song which is just and it's just an instrumental um i believe there's like two these two have caveats so it's kind of like my next choice which was wipe out by the safaris so Mm. i think they both have words like word or two at the very beginning after that so tequila would have been like an easy one but it's like that's got words in it so those are kind of iffy on the fences one Mm -hmm. classical gas by mason williams Oh, good choice. Yep, there's that, another intersection. I had that one. Yeah. Well, the version I chose was the Mason Williams and Mannheim Steamroller version. Cause it's... I like the just Mason Williams version better. Actually, okay. Actually, the original from 68, which features, I guess this is a fun fact. Fun, fun fact. fact. It's mostly guitar. There are some other instruments, but playing it, the background is the Wrecking Crew. Is wow. Awesome. Yep. yep, yep. The Wrecking Crew. Oh, really? All right. So I got three more. I needed to nick this one off because I absolutely love it. Axel F. <laughs> Sorry. Bing, bing. Oh, you went in a different direction there. <laughs> okay. Still keeping with the the movies. I went with the theme from Mission Impossible. Okay. But I have a very specific version that I, I like. I think. I bet I know which one. I know which one, yep. Okay, TJ, what do you think which one? The U2 version? Yes, it is. That's my guess, That is my favorite version of it, and that might be controversial, but I think it's an awesome version. And then, mine don't ever go in numbers, but if you can find a more motivational song in a film other than anything from Rocky, (laughs) it's got to be Chariots of Fire. Yeah, by Vangelis. Yes, Vangelis. Yeah, he wasn't which got, actually. The, which got a hilarious reprise in the first National Lampoon's Vacation movie. Did it? Yeah, they they play the chariots of fire theme when they're running from the parking lot to Wally World, only to find that it's closed. <laughs> okay. Um. Can I make another confession? Oh no! Oh my God! I've never seen any National Lampoon movies. Okay. And and I've never seen any Muppet movies. Okay. So uh, we already discussed um, uh, a few episodes Vacation. back. You're not allowed in my house until you've seen Christmas Vacation. And <laughs> now that I've seen the first one either, I think uh, same, same. I'm so sorry. Same, <laughs> All right. That's fine. That's, I mean, that's, that's fair. That's fair. All right. T, you are up. You're you're playing the song this round, so just give me a heads up beforehand. All righty, uh, I'll go. Th- my list is way long. Y'all did pick some off, but I'm just gonna. So I'm just gonna kind of blow through most of mine. Will was I was sure we were gonna intersect on YYZ by Rush. It was it was all yeah. It was there. It was living there. I just oh yeah. That reminds me, Will. Trigger. Which one did you think I was missing? Oh, I was gonna say Requiem for a Soldier. Oh, King. no, we had this discussion. I said, I'm not going to take it. I thought you were going to take it. Oh, no, I, I dropped the ball on that one and another oh, one, too. That's... And, and, and clearly YYZ, too. Fail. Okay. Sorry. That's from Moving Pictures. And YYZ, I believe, was was it the the airport ID code or something for Toronto? The Toronto Airport, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, it's Morse code. Next one, next one for me is the, the Jeff Healy band Hideaway. Oh, good one. That nice. was from See the Light. I think it was the B-side to Angel Eyes, but that is just a nasty blues song. I've always really loved that one. Jeff Haley was fantastic. Sure was. Um, I, the next one, it was 
for a long time was an absolute staple of every like high school football marching band. That would be the horse by Cliff Nobles and company. Do y'all know that one? Uh, don't think so. It's uncanny. No. Move on. This is not helping any of us. I thought I was supposed to do one of the songs. I'm sorry. Nope. Um, nope. Um, it was actually it was actually a B side to a song called "Love Is All Right." It went gold and actually hit number two on the Billboard chart. I had uh, classical gas as you did, LD. I had Jessica as you did, Will. Mm-hmm. Green Onions, Booker T and the MGs. You had that one, LD. Uh, up next, "Focus" by Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Which I mean, wow. how many songs can, can combine? Heavy metal guitar riffs and oh, yodeling and a flute. And a flute, yeah. That, that is also oh, LD. It's, it's on the soundtrack to the second Babysitter movie. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's hilarious the way they implement it. Which part is it in the movie? I think it's when she comes out of the fire. Okay. Yeah, it's a you haven't seen the movie. The Babysitter <sighs> is a fun movie. That's a oh, God, movie. yeah. Both. The first one is the best. The second one is pretty good. And I just, I have such a crush on Samara Weaving. Sorry. And it's got Robbie Amell. Yeah, it does. Fire and ice. But Hocus Pocus, by good choice. Yeah. Uh, Last Night by the Marquise, which is another Stax uh, song, sort of like Green Onions. Mm-hmm. Um, just, again, the funky, nasty song. And I think Cropper was in the Marquise. Huh. He was everywhere. He was everywhere back then. You don't, it's, uh, clue- working in a band is not like Pinkberry. You don't need. Well, it's not like Pokemon. You don't have to collect them all, dude. Pokemon. Okay. Uh, Cliffs of Dover by Eric Johnson. Just a rock instrumental yeah. and a terrific one. Um, this one might be controversial because I like it better than the original. That'd be Stevie Ray Vaughan's Little Wing. I do. It's, I like it better you know than Jamie's. I'm going to allow it. I'm actually going to allow it. It's fine. I don't I don't think the song, and I'm sorry, I lo- and I love Jamie's version. This The song does not need words. Correct. And, and Stevie yeah. Stevie's, for one thing, Jimmy's wouldn't be eligible because it's not an instrumental. Correct. Peter has clapped him. Yeah. But it accurate. It, it, there's some, they're both brilliant in their own ways, but that, that Stevie's style and the virtuosity, it, it's sort of, it's, in, it's, I mean, it's the same song and it's clearly inspired by Hendrix, but he makes it his own, but mm-hmm. putting that Texas bluesy vibe on it. And I always, I've just always absolutely loved his version this is an obscure one. It's one I actually considered playing at my wedding. It's called Leonardo's Ride by the Green Cards. Absolutely beautiful song. Hmm. I love the Green Cards. Very, they're kind of an Americana, all yeah. country, bluegrass <laughs> band. They're they're kind of a bluegrass band, but they have some electric instruments, so they're not like bluegrass purists. But also, I've seen them in concert several times. They're great. Foggy Mountain Breakdown by Flat and Scruggs, of course. Um, written by Earl Scruggs. That one has been used a bajillion times in everything, including in the the chase scene in Bonnie and Clyde. Have you guys ever heard Amazing Grace by the Royal Scotch Dragoon Guards? I know, but I feel like that might have bagpipes. It's bagpipes, yes. Okay, then I have then I have heard it, or at least I've heard a version of it. It's gorgeous. It it is gorgeous. Absolutely. I quick funny story a friend and i used to work at a radio station and we had to on sunday play gospel music um and most of what they played was like you know four-part harmony southern quartet stuff and 
we played some of those, but we got bored with them. So we started playing like Presence of the Lord by Cream. And what else did we play? End of the Line by the Traveling Wilburys. And we pretended these were gospel songs, but we played that. We we found the that that old the 1972 recording of Amazing Grace. And like people started calling the regular people that played gospel on the station and requesting it. And I think they got irritated about it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, love Faith No More's version of Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Which I believe they play on an accordion. There is an accordion. Yes, there I, is I an accordion. The, the, the entire opening is on the on an accordion. I think. Yeah, yes. That's another artist that exists somewhere else. Mike Patton is on his own plane. Yeah, doing his own thing. Yeah, but that's that's from Angel Dust, which that's one of those albums that. When it came out, I was a little. Well, when it came out, I was a little like, I don't know about this because it was so different from the real thing, and it's one that grew on me over time. And I realized, you know, later how brilliant it, you know, it is. I'll hit you with "Ode to a Butterfly" by Nickel Creek. Okay. Which sounds like it would be a soft, you know, gentle ballad, and it's really not. It's a very bluegrass song. That that's sentimental choice there. Nickel Creek is the first concert that my wife and I went and saw together. Hmm. They, they were play, they played a show in Spartanburg. They're they're tremendously talented soulful strut by young holt unlimited which originally had lyrics and it was called am i the same girl and at the last minute the producer like just took the vocals out and put it out as an instrumental and credited credited it to young holt unlimited and it turns out neither young nor holt were actually involved <laughs> recording it in any way and then other people later did versions of the song with the lyrics, including Dusty Springfield and Swing Out Sister. You would know it if you if you Swing heard Out it. Sister, yeah. Breakout, right? No, they did. Yes, Breakout yeah. was their 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 big hit. Walk and Talk by Sid Dale, which Marin Cadell used for her her song The Sweater. Yes. The bounce, bounce, bounce. Um, but that was an old instrumental, I believe, from the nineteen sixties. And uh, gotta have dueling banjos, and I'll close with "Surf Medley" by Junior Brown. Hmm. Uh, Junior Brown is a he's a he's a he's a sort of alternative country artist, but he invented his own guitar where he combined like a Stratocaster and a steel, yeah. and he, he teaches guitar technique and builds guitars hmm. and has kind of a distinct, interesting voice that you either kind of like or don't like. But his guitar playing is fantastic, and he does kind of a mashup of a bunch of surf rock songs. It's just, it's a banger. So, I'm looking um, at his instrument right now, and that thing is crazy looking. Is it bizarre? It is, because it kind of looks like he smashed together, like, <laughs> two guitars, but it's not like a double guitar. It's weird to look at, because <laughs> can't describe it. You're just going to have to look it up. But his guitar is crazy looking. Yeah, it, it, it's really, really interesting. But it, it allows him to play, like, lap steel and an electric Stratocaster at the same time. <laughs> It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very Fun. interesting. So I didn't actually we're gonna I'm, I'm supposed to pick one. We wanna hear Surf Medley, we wanna hear Leonardo's ride, we, we want we wanna kick it with some yod- hard rock yodels. Let's go surf medley. Surf medley. I uh, love Junior Brown. Great chance to, to play him. So we're gonna hear Junior Brown and the Surf Medley. And just a heads up, guys, this song is seven minutes. So here we go.
All right, and we're back. It sounds like something that would be in a Quentin Tarantino film. It really does, yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, 100%. That is an excellent call, really, yeah. yes. Yeah. That sounds right out of Quentin Tarantino. So, Quentin, I, I know you're a big fan. You're welcome. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Junior Brown, you're welcome. <laughs> I think he's got one more movie in him, so you never know. But chances are, Quentin Tarantino probably already knows Junior Brown. He might have already used some of his songs in one of his movies now. I've seen all of his films except for The Hateful Eight. Which we own. Which we own. I just, I just never, like, I have this weird hang up. Like, if you just put me in front of a TV and show me a Western, I'm fine with it. But I never go out and look for one myself. Like, <laughs> I love Young Guns. I love Tombstone. I think The Magnificent Seven is a film. Uh, it is. They set up cameras <laughs> and everything. People showed up and they put yeah, them in costume. Costumes. They, they talked words. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yet another Film confession. I'm yeah, sorry. All right. You've tripled right. now in the confession category. I, 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 I have. I'm sorry. Well, we have one category remaining. That is best debut albums of all time. Um, I think I've yet to go first, so maybe I'll go first on this one. Go sure. for it. Now, I do have a couple honorable mentions. I'll just save them for the end because I don't want to pick anybody's off unnecessarily. And I, I specifically tried to avoid a couple that I figured one or both of you would pick. I, I listed them as just honorable mention. So there's going to be one or two glaring omissions. I'm not I'm not a doofus who doesn't realize what a great is. I just try not to step on everybody else's toes. That's um, so number five, I've got The Cars, their okay. debut album. Their self-titled debut album. That one is a banger. Such a good one. That's a banger. It could, you could almost, they could almost have called it The Cars' greatest hits. Like, really. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so they come out with Good Times Roll, My Best Friend's Girl, just what I needed. You're all I've got tonight. Bye bye love. Moving in stereo. Moving stereo like, on there. Holy crap. It's just hit after hit after hit after classic after banger. I I've always really liked the cars. I like, you know, the two kind of having two lead singers, sort of Rick Ocasek and then Benjamin Orr or you know, their their voices, some of them were suited. Benjamin was more suited for songs like Drive and then, you know, you had Rick to sing some of the some of the other stuff, some of the more new wavy rock stuff. Being, always really like the cars and that's just an absolute that album is just fire from start to finish up next the self-titled debut album by the doors okay oh, good call so good call. you know there are some bands that when they put their first album out it might be really good but you go like but they had some growing to do they they, they, they this is great but they weren't hadn't fully realized their sound yet and they were going to grow and change like the doors were the doors like from the jump like from the first from the first song chord, yeah from track one of of album one it's got Break On Through is on that one. Alabama Song is on that one. Light My Fire, Backdoor Man, The End, 20th Century Fox, The Crystal Ship. I mean, it's it's that's a, that's a, a damn near flawless debut record, in yeah, my opinion. Um, up next, I'm going to go with, and this is one some, yeah, y'all, one of y'all might have picked, but I'm sorry, Led Zeppelin one. Good choice. They, they almost created a whole new genre of music when they put that album out. It was can't remember who it was. Some one of the guys from Deep Purple talking about that first album. He said that you know people were starting to use the term heavy, heavy mm. music. You know, Cream was heavy and Hendrix heavy. And he said I thought heavy was just you're playing the same songs but you're playing it louder. He said when I heard Led Zeppelin one, I realized now that heavy is an attitude. It doesn't mm. have anything to do with the volume. And and people will say like, well, you know, they 
they borrowed from old blues. Well, everybody did. Everybody steals from everybody. <laughs> Let's not get nitpicky here. Let's just be honest. That's the way it goes. The ones they yes, they did take some older you know blues songs and kind of borrow from them, but they they made them totally their own and jacked them up <laughs> through the roof. Um, I mean, you've got they were almost like the template for what a rock band was supposed to be going forward. You know, skinny, long haired, good looking singer who hit high notes and the the great you know the the crazy drummer and the the kind of almost unnoticed but masterful and brilliant bassist and the other world the guitar player that had good times bad times babe i'm gonna leave you you shook me dazed and confused black mountain side communication breakdown <laughs> i mean like that's on their first freaking record that they recorded in like two days two yeah sometimes yeah. it's just not fair the amount of talent that someone has or a collection of someone has so that yeah. And they had one of, in my opinion, the the longest undis- uh, like uninterrupted runs of brilliant albums without putting a clunker out. Oh, with the numeric ones alone are just insane. Yeah, you get one, yeah, one four. two, three, it's four, just, yeah. Houses of the Holy yep. and Physical Graffiti. That's six. I mean, almost perfect hard rock albums that yeah, they put incredible. out consecutively. I didn't really rank any, any of them except for these last two. Number two for me is going to be pronounced Leonard Skinner. Yep. Okay. I figured you were going to take that one. Um, so... You know, Ronnie Van Zant and the boys come out of Florida playing their swampy, you know, bluesy, slightly country, hard rock mishmash. And it's it's utter brilliance from the start. Here's side one of Leonard Skinner's first album. You ready? I ain't, I ain't the one. Tuesday's gone. Give me three steps and Simple Man. That's Especially side one yeah. of their first record. Yeah, it was oh, bonkers. And then on side two, they had Freebird. Huh. Yeah, it's utterly bonkers. Which was right. all of side two. <laughs> which is which is which is easily half of side two. But it's a fantastic I love Leonard Skinner. Great, great rock and roll band. And that first album is a masterpiece. And if you've listened to me, you already know what number one is. Van Halen one. There's just no question mm. from from the opening blare of those car horns on Running with the Devil all the way to the fade out of I'm on of of of, of on fire. It, that and everything between, there's not one wasted note. There's not one wasted lyric. It's, it is a perfect hard rock album. One of the best albums ever recorded. They're another band fully formed right right from the jump. Like that's, you listen to that and you're like, oh my God, this is this is the first time y'all have done this? And it took y'all how long to record this? A week? Really? <laughs> my God. And obviously you had a game changer of a, of a lead guitar player who just complete who became the most mimicked and copied musician probably ever after that record came out. And you had charismatic frontman Michael Anthony, just the, the secret weapon on bass and vocals. And Alex Van Allen, I think, is a criminally underrated drummer. The songs are perfect. They're sequenced perfectly. It can't be improved upon. Van Halen 1 is the best debut album in history, in my opinion. All right, fair. Good choice. All right, Will, you're up. Oh, okay then. I will admit, TJ, you picked off the cars from me, but uh, I've got some backups. Oh, sorry. So it's okay. No, no, no worries. I, I, like, again, I slotted these in because there were there were two that I had that I was convinced you were going to take, and you didn't take the other one. So I'm actually going to open up with uh, R.E.M.'s Murmur. Okay. That's a great opening album for a band, for any band, period. But it's amazing how a band like R.E.M. goes through so many evolutions over the years. And yet the core, it goes back to that album. Like if you really listen to like songs like Radio for Europe, talk about the passion, Perfect Circle is one of my all-time favorite R.E.M. songs, period. That's like where it all started. And as you listen to every subsequent album, you can hear the roots go back to Murmur. And it was just such a unique, I mean, they sort of invented alternative music, if you think about it. Like 
that was REM coming out in 1983. Yeah. So I'm going with Murmur. Number one is a game changer. Uh, next one, number four. I'm sorry, it's number five. Number four, I'm going to give a nod to Phil and Aaron on this one because NES this has been put off for way too long, but this is my public declaration that we're going to cover this album on one of their one of their Aaron's uh, Audible episodes, and that is Big Star's number one record. Now, if you've heard a song from the 70s, it will sound like this album. Big Star releases in 1972, and you scratch your head going, oh, they are. Have you seen that 70s show? Yes. Yes, sir. Hanging out. Yes. That's Big Star, yeah. Okay. And that came off of number one record, but it's just got hit after hit. In the Street is that one. Don't lie to me. Feel. It's just one of those albums you can play straight through, and you're like, I don't want to skip a single song. And they were poised for greatness. And sadly, yes, they are podcast eligible, because I believe just after that album came out, their guitarist, Chris Bell, was in a fatal car accident. He passed away. So they're almost the band that never got to be. And they, in a grand stroke of irony, named this number one record, and it sure went that way. So that's my number four is Big Star's number one. The next pick, I may get some heat for, maybe from ULD about this one, mm-hmm. because I think the follow-up album for this band and this artist get a lot more attention. It's Nine Inch Nails. And while Fragile is a great album, Pretty Hate Machine is a more complete album. Yeah. But it wasn't recorded at the Manson House. Well, the... Correct. It was not. It wasn't recorded at the Tate House, and it doesn't contain Closer, so... It does not, and that's why I thought you might be opposed to this one, but it is still a killer debut album. Look, if it makes you happy, if it makes you happy... I don't know. You look at that start to finish. That was Cheryl Crow. Sorry? (laughs) Yeah, that was was on your album. Sorry. (laughs) But when you look at Down In It... Terrible Eye. The opening track is Head Like a Hole. My God. And talk about an album that tells a story, start to finish, everything straight through. I mean, with, again, starts with Head Like a Hole, goes, I think, Sin, Down in It, and I can't remember the last track, but it is a story album. And it just terrible lies when the songs are just so full of just pain and angst. And I think, you know, Trent Reznor is one of the master musicians of that time period, like, without question. So I'm going to go with that. Pretty Hate Machine. We're at number three. Okay. Number two, TJ, pretty sure you were going to pick this one off. You didn't. Pearl Jam's 10. That That's one I intentionally sidestepped because uh, I knew, I knew, I felt like you would pick that one. Yes. I, I mean, I'm kind of the grunge guy, but that album is just, there's no fat on it at all. It's just perfect start to finish. It's just, I, I can't think of a song to remove. And every time I do, I'm like, I'm going to listen to that song. Oh, no, wait, it's great. And obviously, if the grunge era LD pointed us out the other night, Pearl Jam's the last one standing. They're the only ones still together and playing. I, we were talking about that last night because yeah. <laughs> for some reason, and I don't know why it is, but I decided as we were going to bed, I was only going to speak anything as like Eddie Vedder, yes, like Eddie Vedder from Even Flow. So like, was, oh, my teeth. <laughs> Oh, the no. cat is asking for some food. Can you push the button? It was a very <laughs> surreal experience. Um, and maybe that's why it's my number two. Is just kind of, can you please turn the heat up a little bit safer? Can you please turn the heat up a pretty cold? Oh, I mean, could you go anywhere in 1991 and not hear that? No, you couldn't. It was yeah, I everywhere. I still don't know the words either. 
So Pearl Jam 10 is my number two. And for those of you who know me, my number one is not going to surprise everybody. Again, TJ, I, I bet anything it's on your list, but you probably left it off because you knew I'd go with it. Um, Cold Springs Harbor. You are so close on that one. Actually, <laughs> no, you're not. Um, I ask, Wait, what's okay, the time? Okay, let me go precog and try to guess. Was it The Five Faces of Manfred Mann by Manfred Mann and Manfred Mann's just That happened. Yep. All right, Tom, you know what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Tom McGuinness, and that was your federally mandated Manfred Man reference of the podcast. I hope you are satisfied. All the time, Tom. Anytime. Anytime you're speaking. Yes. Speaking of time, what's the time? It's time to get... Oh, I know the answer! I mean, come on. If you guys know me, we're listening to one episode of our show, License the Ill with the Beastie Boys, that I don't have to say anything else. Greatest debut album ever. And I'm done. That's a terrific one. Yeah. For sure. Right. Fair. All right. All, All right, right, LD, you are up. All right. Okay. All right. Coming out of the gate hot and strong. I was actually a little bit nervous that Will might have taken this one. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he didn't. My choice is the we covered in the podcast. And I just remember you telling the stories about how it was delayed and how it was delayed and how it was delayed and how it was delayed. And then it finally came out. It was one of the biggest things. And that is Whitney Houston's self-titled album from 1985. That's one. It was, she was 21. She was amazing. The songs that were on that are, you gotta give love. How will I know the greatest love of all, all on there. Just proved straight out of the gate. She was a true artist with the voice of an angel. Just solid gold from start to finish for sure. Yep. Uh, I have her Funko Pop. Actually, I have Whitney's Funko Pop as well, but I have this Funko Pop, and it brings me great joy to look at it because I love it. It's just so joyful. It's great. This artist is so eclectic, has perfect pitch. I have seen her in concert. However, she was going through like her Euro pop techno phase, so it was nothing that I really knew, but I, I loved her, and I love that she has since 1983 given us so many great songs but that would be cindy loppers she's so unusual nice all right uh girls just want to have fun time after time uh, she had scored four top five hits uh she covered prince and she featured cov- captain lou albano in her, one of her videos <laughs> <laughs> yep and she she did an amazing take on a brain song called money changes everything it's just she's amazing and that you know time after time is one of those songs that will always hit my heart. That one and her hers uh, her song True Colors. Those two songs always hit my heart. I don't think this will be a shock to anyone that has ever listened to this podcast even once. But no, it's not the one you think it is. Because I could have gone with Queen, but I didn't. I actually went with The Monkees. Self-titled the album. Monkeys. Yes. Released on October 10th, 1966. It just... It's just so good. Just go listen to it. I can't say anything about it that I haven't already said on this podcast. Everybody knows how much I love the monkeys. I mean, I drove to Athens to go to Mickey Dolan's Yes, Thank You, Travis. And it was... You're welcome. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the monkeys uh, have, have my heart. Oh, I lied to you. Yes, Queen is on this list. Oh, see, I... Of course they I, are. I, I <laughs> Queen's debut album, Queen, which was released on the 13th of July, 1973. Come on, man. It had Keep Yourself Alive. It had Doing All Right. It had Great King Rat. It had Liar. It had Sons and Daughters. And, of course, it had Seven Seas of Rhyme. So, 
uh, which was an instrumental version, but I didn't put that on my instrumentals. So there you go, Queen. Um, that touches on folklore, religion. They had songs from Smile, you know, the original band. I just, I love them so much. I just love you all. And then I guess uh, that's that's my five, except my final one, which is a. I wish he had made it bigger in America, but he didn't. He was phenomenal in concert. I actually have the DVD of his concert. I think it was in Paris, but he's fluent in like a ton of languages. He he sounds like Freddie Mercury. I absolutely love him. I don't know if he went past his sophomore album, which was okay, but his first album was a banger. And I'm talking about Life in Cartoon Motion from mm -hmm. Mika. Love him. So that's the song I'm going to play at the end. I'm actually going to give the choice of song, though, to Will the Thrill. Mm -hmm. Because we're both fans of Mika. He was at the concert. He's listened to the albums. So just to wrap it up, honey, do you want well, Grace Kelly? Do you want Lollipop? You want Love Today? You want Relax, Take It Easy? You want Happy Ending? You want Stuck in the Middle? You want Billy Brown? You want Big Girl, You Are Beautiful? My Interpretation, Over My Shoulder, which is technically a hidden track. So you think about it, and let's uh, get our final thoughts. T, it sounded like you wanted to say something. Yeah, no, I had a couple of, of, of honorable mentions I'm going to blow through, because there's, there's two. I just left. There's actually three I left off because I was like, oh, Will, Will, Will's going to take those. I'll just leave those to, to him. One of them was 10 by Pearl Jam. The other one that would have been on my list if I didn't think this turned into one of those gift of the Magi things. Maybe he didn't take it because he thought I was going to take it. <laughs> if we're doing debut albums, we, we we would be foolish if we left up the if we left this podcast without mentioning Appetite for Destruction. I oh, mean, it was on my yeah, mind. I was, was convinced you were going to yeah, take it, so I yeah, left it off. We yeah. were sitting Appetite, on the couch. Yeah, We're, appetite obviously would again total game changer. It was they just there was so much the more pop flavored style over substance hair metal stuff and Guns N' Roses came back and just it sounded dangerous and and every it, song good aggressive and in the best way possible. And that's it's one of my favorites. I also thought you would take Are You Experienced, Will? Or I would was on my scratch list too. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, Heart's Dream Boat Annie did want to mention that one. It's a great one. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers self-titled debut. And then one that I've heard the song so many times on classic rock radio, I kind of don't want to hear some of them anymore. But if you listen to the first album by Boston, I mean, that's, mm. again, that's basically a greatest hits album yeah. um, that Tom Schultz spent like three years making in his basement. And But Brad Delt vocals on like More Than a Feeling are now is that that's that's the question uh, that i have for you t is that is that cover the ufo well, it's a guitar isn't it it's well it's, it's a guitar it if you like, look at it yes. it's a guitar that looks like ufo yes yes that's what i was saying that's a that's a little fun fact if you've never oh, noticed man. if you look at the album from one side it looks like a uh, ufo taking off but if you flip it over it's actually a guitar it's it's and, a guitar but that's got more than a fail. And I was just saying, Brad Delp's vocals are unbelievable. Oh, and my Tom God. Schultz, but, yes. But the, more than a feeling, that note he hits. Oh, my God. I would, love to a, hear, I would love to hear the isolated vocals on that. I have. Yeah. I Ooh. have. Yeah. That solo it, like, from Hitch uh, Monitoring Software to show you the notes he's hitting. It's ridiculous. That solo um, from Hitch a Ride is considered one of the best guitar solos ever done. 
Ever. Yep, that, but that yeah. one's got a peace of mind, uh, foreplay long time, rock and roll band, smoking, something about you, let me take you home tonight, hitch a ride. Like Literally all, what, eight songs are basically classic rock staples. It's, and I've heard, some of them I've heard so many times, like, want to hear them like necessarily but they're like more than a feeling i like I don't, I don't ever get tired of hearing that song it's that's it's a perfect rock song it's terrific it's a great album so we, that would have been my little scratch list oh and chris knight his debut self-titled album which a lot of people even people who like him maybe aren't didn't get to hear all of it or buy it because like it came out and then i want to say like a week later the record label went bankrupt oh no or something. He was snake bit early. His second album debuted on September eleventh, two thousand one. So, oh, yeah, yeah. But his his first album is absolute masterclass on like gothic alternative country songwriting. If you are into that, you know, he's been called like the hillbilly Springsteen and the Kentucky Dylan. And oh, you mean the guy that Will has never seen play never saw in concert? You fraud! Uh, All right, honey, would you like to? Who this would man? Like, would you like to uh, wrap up your thoughts? All right. There's nothing that can be said. We've learned a lot about me. <laughs> I think that's going to be most people's takeaway. I am no longer trustworthy. All right. I would like to say happy anniversary to the movie Clerks. It was 30 years ago yesterday that it nice. came out. So that's pretty much all I have to say. But I guess I'll give our socials out, if that's okay with y'all. If you like us and want to give us money, we like that. We like money. You can do that at patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. Don't bother checking out Twitter. We have one. We've never used it. Well, not since like April of 2021 or something like that. But we hang out at our Instagram, which is rock and roll heaven LT. Our Facebook is rock and roll heaven pod. Still not saying our website. And you can check out our TikTok at rock and roll heaven pod. And uh, if you have anything that you'd like to say to us directly, focused and will absolutely get it you can email us at rock and roll heaven lt at gmail.com please check out all the other awesome pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com thank you so much to our editor michael diavesta and mike michael Tavestia. i'm trying to say things way too fast and mm. our admin thea who is taking the reins over on facebook we love you guys so much thank you we could not do the show without you I would like to thank my co-hosts, Mr. Will the Thrill and Mr. TJ2 for this fantastic Slap Nuts. We will be back next week with Graham Parsons Part 3. I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode. And again, if you live in the Atlanta area and you'd like to try to be on a game show, shoot us an email at rockandrollheavenlt at gmail.com and I will try to get you all the info to get you set up with a interview for the show. And other than that, thank you. All right, Will, you had a very important job to do while I was talking. So you you have to give me the song that you would like to play for Mika. Sure will. Everybody. <laughs> and there's TJ. So I'm going with my favorite off of that one, and that's going to be the, the Dark Horse and the one that he played live that I think impressed me the most, and that is Interpretation. We're going with my interpretation. All right, fair enough. Okay, Will, would you like to say anything to the audience? Big golden pony boys and pony girls. Travis, you already said goodbye. Do you want to say goodbye again? Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for checking us out this week. Please check us out next week. We love you all very much. Please stay safe. And all right, so here we go. This is Life in Cartoon Motion. This singer is named Mika. It was the number nine top-selling album in the world in 2007. And this song was actually written by Jody Marr, uh, Richie Spura, and Mika himself. So I hope you guys enjoy my interpretation. 
Have a great time. Love you all. Bye. You talk about life and talk about death and everything in between like it's nothing and the words are easy you talk about me and talk about you and everything i do like it's something that needs repeating i don't need an alibi you're for you to realize the things we left unsaid are only taking space up in our heads making my fault win the game point the finger me up and down it doesn't matter now cause I don't care if I ever talk to you again this is not about emotion I don't need a reason not to care what you say To ten, I hold my breath and wonder when it'll happen. But does it really matter if half of what you said is true and half of what I didn't do could be different? Would it make you better if we forget? to achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? 
problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.